the Cutaways Podcast. I'm Justine. And I'm Ashley. And we have a special guest today. Yay! We're so excited. Welcome, Chrissy. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> I just went off a cliff because I'm so excited. You have no idea. <laughs> oh, my God. Yay! We've got Chrissy. Chrissy from the Movie Geek Podcast. So I married a movie geek. I did. I married a movie geek and now here I am on the cutaways. It's like I took a right turn to somewhere awesome. She's killing us with cute. (laughs) I love you guys. I'm so excited to be here. I know I've said that, but it is legitimately a treat because my podcast, while it's super fun and don't get me wrong, awesome because I married a movie geek and he knows everything there is to know about film. There's something awesome about talking to you guys and specifically you guys cover romantic comedies, which is my jam. So I'm ridiculously excited to be here. We are ridiculously excited to have you. Oh my God. We've been on your podcast before. Yes, you have. And oh my God, if you guys, okay, just stop everything. Like definitely listen to this episode. But when you're done listening to this episode, you need to find So I Married a Movie Geek when the cutaways were on because they were awesome. And we want to have you guys back, by the way. So I don't want to like make it so that we're, this is awkward. I'm like, you need to come back. And you're like, oh, no, thanks. But we do want you to come back. Already making plans. plans right. Yep, yep, yep. We'll just yes. pull up the calendar right now. Awesome. Well. Uh, so today we're watching something that I'm so excited about because I, this is probably my favorite romantic comedy. Wow. (gasps) Wow. I mean, I've seen this movie probably at least a thousand times. Wow. I, I love the themes of this movie. I love the actors in this movie. And there are other parts that I have problems with, but I still love this movie. (laughs) Yes, today we are watching 1999's 10 Things I Hate About You. Wow, a classic. The classic. Chrissy, what is your experience with this film? I was in high school when it came out, you know, dating myself a little bit, but there we go. And I remember seeing it in the theater and thinking, that's something I need to see again. Not just because I liked it, because, hey, Larissa Olenek is in it and she's Alex Mack. Yes. Yes. Right. Yes. And then, and then I didn't see it again for maybe oh gosh, five to six years or something, and I haven't seen it since then. So this might be my third viewing. <gasps> oh, oh my god! Lord, I was quoting it last night. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Like Sam was watching it with me, kind of, and I was just like. And then this happens. And then and then Kat does the thing. And then, oh, my God. And then she's dancing on the table. And look, she hit her head. And then she's got a concussion. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Do you know what's really funny? I don't know if this is going to blow your mind or not. But it blew my mind when I thought about it. I'm like, okay. So this movie came out in 1999. It is now 2017. So we're almost 20 years after the fact. Yep. And, and do you know what's really crazy? Now go back in time. So it's 1999, right? Uh-huh. In 1999, we were closer to like 1975, which sounds incredibly far away and very ancient, comparatively speaking, to where we are now to then. Whoa. Do the math. Wow. It's crazy. And it blew my oh mind. Oh, my God. Blowing minds yeah, all over the wow. place. Lord, help us. I feel Where old. does time go? <laughs> I also was in high school for this movie or may have just been going into high school. I'm not quite sure who could remember. Um, <laughs> I, I remember going to the theater. Yeah, but you, you're younger. I was just the 
baby of the podcast. Um, but I also was quoting it last night, and I was just thinking, okay, pre precursor to my thoughts. I was a little nervous, as we talked about in the last podcast, about watching this because we've been watching movies that have been very similar to yes. this theme lately, like all in a row, all the teen movies of there's a bet, you know, and things happening like that. And yep. I'm like, oh my God, we've been watching too many of these. It's totally going to taint my viewing. And it did not. No. No. There's some, I, I mean, this I'll bring it up later, but classic. there's- Yes. There's something, there's something different about this stock setup mm-hmm. that I, that I, I do want to get into later. Yes. For sure. Because- I have I have thoughts. Uh, for right now, let us remind the listeners what this movie is about. So, Ten Things I Hate About You, the description on DVD.com, a Netflix company, is after learning that Bianca Stratford is forbidden to date until her man-hating older sister Cat finds a bow, Bianca's would-be boyfriend hatches a plan: pay Moody School Rebel Patrick Verona to escort the churlish. Churlish. Churlish cat around town. What? That's bullshit. That is bullshit. Also, whoever wrote that did not ever meant for it to be read out loud because churlish cat <laughs> is a tongue twister if I've ever heard one. It is terrible. Man, you lost me at man-hating. You lost me at man-hating. Uh, yeah. A man wrote this for sure. For sure. Like, yes, there are some interesting facets of cats, like, white girl feminism, but it's, like, nowhere near... She's not a man-hater. She's not a man-hater, and she's not anywhere near, like, I don't want to insult the rest of the world, but, uh, what's her face? Lena Dunham. Lena Dunham. She is oh, nowhere no. near Lena Dunham levels of man-hating fem- white girl feminism. I'm pretty sure whoever wrote that is the same person who played the teacher in the movie because she couldn't do <laughs> anything right by this guy. She's like, yeah, I'm really interested. I'm, I really want to know more. He's like, get out of my class. So this is the same guy who wrote that description. <laughs> who Who's in this movie, Ashley? So this movie stars Heath Ledger. Mm-hmm. Yay. Aww. Julia Stiles. Another yay. Mm-hmm. Yay. Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Also yay. yay. That's, a, so, that's a big yay. So there's this meme on the internet uh, talking about how Robin convinced the Joker to take out uh, Julia Stiles on a date by uh, tr- to try and get into the pants of Alex Mack. So, <laughs> like, it's a wonderful internet meme. <laughs> I have to look that up. That is great. <laughs> uh, this movie also has in some pleasant other people... A great cast of characters. Oh, yes. Many of whom we have seen recently. Yes. Like, uh, what's her name? Susan May Pratt, (gasps) Gabrielle Union. We've seen Allison Janney in something, haven't we? I feel like. She's in so much. I know. It's like you could just pull up her IMDb and you're like, oh, yeah, she's been in everything. So uh, I, I don't know what happened to me. I must have been asleep the first time I saw this and apparently the second time as well. Because watching it this time, halfway through, uh, I'm hitting my movie geek husband, Justin, on the couch, who, yes, I made watch the second yes! movie with me. <laughs> first half by myself, second half with him. And I, I'm literally elbowing him on the couch. I'm like, wake up. And he's like, what? What? I'm like, it's Maureen from Center Stage. And he's like, what? Yeah! he's like what are you talking about I'm like Maureen the perfect dancer from center stage and he had no idea what I was going off about what is wrong with you know what he needs some education himself 
he I made him watch Center Stage once, and I'm pretty sure we did an episode about it. <laughs> what? But, but yeah, it's the second I realized it was her. That was that was all I cared about. I'm like, oh my god, it's Maureen. Except yes. she wants to be Juliet. It's amazing. And I love that she plays such like not a bitch character because we just mm-hmm. watched Drive Me Crazy and she's the psycho bitch in that movie too. I haven't like, she- seen that movie. <gasps> oh, um, it's terrible. It's terrible. <laughs> 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 not even the Britney Spears song could save it. Uh, no. Uh, oh, God. No, there's, there's many, <laughs> many problems with it. <laughs> I, I've wiped it from my memory. Yeah, we're just having some flesh. Don't, yeah, don't, don't go there. No, nope, don't go there. Yeah. It's gone. It's wiped clean. Okay. So this movie was directed by Gil Younger. It was edited by O. Nicholas Brown. His first assistant editor was Brett Carroll. And his other assistant was Steve Moe. 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 All the dudes. All the dudes. Um, the movie is rated 4.2 stars on DVD.com. It's an hour and 37 minutes long. It is rated PG-13 for adult content, adult language, and mild violence. Mild violence? Wait, because she... It's Larissa Olenek. Yeah. Oh, because oh she punches? Because she, she punches him in the face. Uh, you can't... You they, they didn't like it back then. Uh, they didn't womp, like when womp. the girls got physical. When you yeah. think of the things that got rated PG in the 80s and early 90s, and like this is only a few years after the fact, and this gets slapped with the PG-13, come on. Exactly. So 10 Things opens with Bare Naked Ladies. Yes. Yes. It's been one, one week since you looked at me. <laughs> Five days after me. Chrissy knows. Chrissy knows. <laughs> you know what the worst part is? Like, you remember the first line. You're like, yep. Five days since living room. Yesterday, you've forgiven me, but it's been two weeks to you say I'm sorry. But no, I used to know all of the words to one week because I I memorized that song and I memorized the monkey song. The monkeys. Oh, it's the monkey song. It's another postcard. What? I don't know. They're Canadian. I love them. Okay. Cool. So this film takes place in Seattle, which I thought was a lovely change of pace for us. Yes. We haven't had a Seattle movie in a long while. Ooh, yeah, yeah I do. don't know when the last one was. I don't know. Something was it Sleepless in Seattle? It was probably Sleepless, yeah. Not since the old, like, 1994. Yeah. <laughs> Not till the 94. <laughs> we meet Kat, Katarina Stratford, who is a badass and also hates prom. Yeah. So, so we start off with the music, and then her car comes in, mm-hmm. right? And she's got the angry white girl music. That's how we know she's a badass. Yeah, right? How is she not listening to Alanis at that point, by the way? Because it was so, like, spot on. I'm like, where is you ought to know? Uh, They probably couldn't afford it. Probably. That's true. Good point. She she was huge in 99. (laughs) True. She, okay, so Julia Stiles, I feel like she doesn't age. Granted, she hasn't done a ton of work since then. But if you look at the Bourne movies, she looks basically the same. It's weird. Yeah, she looked exactly the same in she was in uh, the fourth season or the fifth season of Dexter. But yeah, she's been amazing in everything that she's been. In. I mean, she was great in Save the Last Dance. Oh, yes. I love that movie. Let's just talk about her look because mm-hmm. uh, she so she's in screen. She's in, in, in the car, but then she gets out at school. And I, if I'm not mistaken, she's wearing like the long 
they're kind of like not quite cargos, but they're they're that quintessential 90s kind of loose fit pant that all of us mm-hmm. wore with the same sort of black sandals that we all saw in the Delia's catalog. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, it does not get more 90s perfect than Julia Stiles right now. It, this is just like, if I could take a snapshot and, and this would be it. Ironically, I can't believe this... It, the timing on this, but I went to the mall for the first time in forever <laughs> the same night. And guys, I don't know if you know, but just in case, the 90s is back, y'all. Oh. Like in a huge oh. way. I Every can't. store okay. I walked by or was dragged into by my five-year-old daughter, because why not, was <laughs> a, a myriad of flannel overalls, crushed velvet, crop tops, <laughs> and those, do you remember like the chunky shoes that weren't like those Delia's type, but had like a chunky wedge, not wedge, oh, like a heel. Yeah. 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 Yes. They're back. Then they're everywhere. Ugh. What? I, I hated those shoes. It. We are then introduced to the character of Cameron in the guidance counselor's office. Who's our Joseph Gordon Levitt. Ugh. Fresh Young Bay. He's such a baby. Right <laughs> off of his haircut from Third Rock from the Sun. Thank, Thank God. God. <laughs> <laughs> He looks so good. Those puppy dog eyes, guys. They never they never get old. His puppy dog eyes never get old. No. I agree, but I'm cringing as you say it because he looks like he's 12. So I'm like, <laughs> you're right. Oh, doesn't he bad? Because I know he was <laughs> of age, but he looks like he's 12. And I don't know what to feel about this right now. I mean, it's better than, you know, my mom thinking Taylor Lautner was hot in the Twilight movies. Now that I have Twilight <laughs> on the brain. Wow. So much Twilight happening. Yeah. We also meet Patrick Verona, who's Heath Ledger here. Oh. Talking about his bratwurst. Yes. Watching this movie, I definitely realized meeting Patrick here was so very important because we have to hear him speak. Yes. Um, because later on when we meet him again through the eyes of the guys, he's very silent in all the scenes where they're observing him. Like, he speaks now, but then doesn't for a very long time. Yeah. Well, and this is also the point where there's obvious ADR from Alice and Janney, which I'm pretty sure was there, was done specifically so they could get the PG-13 rating. Yes. I caught that too. <laughs> uh, like, the shit for brains. I'm like, it's terrible. they changed that. <laughs> She didn't say that that day. <laughs> it is so, so bad that yeah. I, I, as a non-editor, I looked at it and was like, they couldn't like afford one day of reshoot. They couldn't go back to Stadium High School, which exists, by the way. It is not a set piece that they tore down. Like, yeah. it's there. They couldn't <laughs> take Allison back for one day and said, let's reshoot this line. Maybe she was already on the West Wing. Could be. Cameron uh, meets Michael, who's there to tour him around he's um what's his face who's in everything david crumwaltz david crumwaltz mr okay. universe yes help me out he looks so familiar but i was like who is this guy um the head elf in uh the the santa, santa claus. claus oh yeah okay he was okay. also uh the he's in everything he was the star of the tv show numbers where right. he played the the math genius so then we learn about all the cliques in high school, and I was getting some very strong Clueless vibes mm-hmm. from yes. this. It has that nice high school feel, but that isn't taking it so seriously. Like, like it, she's all that? Yes. Like it didn't have, well, it also didn't have any character that had dead shark eyes. <laughs> <laughs> 
I mean, right? Like, all of the characters were personable and kind of fleshed out. Even the side characters. Mm -hmm. Like, I really kind of hate and also love that they cut down Miss Perky. Because there's obvious scenes with her afterwards that are definitely cut out because of the the blooper reel that Mm -hmm. plays over the credits. Oh, for sure. So Yeah, they had that whole thing with the director who was playing the teacher. They had scenes with him, and they completely cut his character out. Yeah. So it's like that teacher was with Miss Perky. Yeah, and Plus that was who she was writing the romantic uh, novel about. But imagine if you're Alice and Janney for a minute. I mean, would you have even taken the role if you didn't have what you thought would be a slightly larger part? She was in it for literally three scenes. Yes, and I felt like she showed off her comedic timing within those scenes very well. True. Stole the show. Yes. But if you were on the West Wing at that point, because I assume it, I think it had already started. I don't know. If, you, if you're if you already on a, a hit show and you're like, yeah, I'm going to take this part, there's got to be something in the script where you go, okay, well, I'm in there like, you know, six scenes or something. You know, it's worth it as a cameo. She was in it so seldomly. I actually kind of wanted a little more of her, to be honest with you. Yes, Mm. I did too. But to your point about Clueless, so you're not alone, by the way. I saw it too, and it was like, oh, this reminds me in certain segments of Clueless, like as they're going around showing the different groups of kids, like, oh, look, this is the yuppie people. This is the this people. And I couldn't decide whether or not I was totally on board and loved it, or if I hated it for being a direct ripoff of Clueless. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you can also argue... Because Mean Girls does pretty much exactly the same thing. So I True. think that they do. A, a generation has passed. Yes. This is the. This is. This for, is. This is the ni- The ninety nine Clueless. Right. Right. But ninety nine is not a totally different generation. Clueless came out in ninety five. So theoretically, anybody who was a freshman in high school when Clueless came out is now a senior when this came out. Eh. Eh. We're giving eh. it a pass. Okay. Eh. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I. I. It was definitely exact. Uh, Pretty much an exact ripoff, just because, I mean, the only difference was you're seeing it from the guy's perspective rather than the female perspective. True. Um, but when Alex Mack and Gabrielle Union pass <laughs> them, mm-hmm. she's, like, talking as if she is clueless, mm. which we learn later on that she really isn't this airhead. True. She's playing her high school part because mm-hmm. she thinks that that's who she's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You and brought up a good point when you were watching it last night when you texted me about oh. how you realized the movie is essentially just uh, an allegory for people's expectations mm-hmm. of other people. Ooh, deep. <laughs> I go there sometimes. <laughs> and then I text Ashley going, oh my God! <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? You're not wrong. I mean, it is true. And I, credit to Larissa Olenek because... She played it to a point, and it's a fine line. If you really think about it, like put yourself in her mm-hmm. shoes for a second. You have to be this kind of ditzy, I won't say airheady, but aloof sort mm-hmm. of character and yet have something of more substance underneath. And it toes, she toes a line pretty yeah. much until the end. But she, it's, you still believe her. Like you believe that she's just doing what she feels like she's supposed to. Like I felt, I felt for her. Like, I felt that she was so honest. Did you feel for Gabrielle s- Union at all, though? No, I thought she was a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Gabby. I love you. 
<laughs> she was a total bitch, but like, yeah. was she a bitch because she was a product of Larissa Olenek's universe? Because in the beginning, it seems anyway, like she's kind of bringing her up into it. She's like, mm. well, yeah, you should feel true. this way because of this and that. Like, so is she just a product of her environment or not? I think you're right. I think you're right. I think. Uh, dun, dun, dun. <laughs> let's let's move on. So Cameron, at this point, you're right, sees Bianca and then instantly falls for her. And we learn the rule that the Stratford sisters are not allowed to date at all. Nothing. No dating. Nope. No. We go to class with Kat. We meet Joey. And then Kat has a a spiel about the patriarchy. Uh, Do you want to talk about uh, Kat's feminism at all? I do. Because she has... A brand of white girl feminism. It's not, it's nowhere mm-hmm. near Lena Dunham. Any, like, no. She is the typical high school, high school feminist. High school senior who has discovered women's studies. Mm. So <laughs> she's not even in college yet. And she's not even in college yet, but she is now obsessed. And I think that's because of how her mom leaving. So she felt like, well, my mom wasn't a strong enough woman. To one, deal with my father, well, to deal with us as as women. We weren't brought up. We were brought up by a man. So she's going to latch on to that feminism 100% because she has no female role model. Mm -hmm. But she has taken it to an extreme where I'm like, girl, hold on just a second. Like, why don't we talk about some female women of color that you can talk about instead of just Elizabeth Bronte and, you know. Uh, Sylvia, Sylvia Plath. Plath like yes they're great and you are going to learn about them at Sarah Lawrence trust me you will well it kind of annoyed me when the the teacher didn't aid her point he said like by any African-American dudes but I think his point was valid he I I agree with that but I feel like he could have met her and said African-American women yes no he could he definitely could have but I don't think for the time period that would have been a, a, a thing like from the 2017 lens that may have been where he went with it mm-hmm. but I do think his point is very valid where he's saying girl well, you don't know what oppression is yeah yes. you don't know what oppression is uh you need to like next time you go storm the PTA <laughs> <laughs> complaining about lunch meat or whatever it is you white girls complain about why don't you ask them uh why they can't buy a book written by a black man which is valid which is valid for a 90 a mm-hmm. late 90s school because we we had black history month but we never read we never read martin luther king's speeches we in until well i mean in my high school but that was because my history teacher was very much about fuck the history books you're gonna read right what I think is important rather than what they think is important, which I thought was very refreshing. Mm-hmm. Shout out, Mr. Mojano. You're the greatest. Watching it from my, this lens last night, that was one of the things that I thought about. And I'm like, that's a dangerous slope. Pump the brakes a little bit, girl. While I do agree, we need more women recognized within literature and, and studies and, and all of that other stuff. We shouldn't put our blinders on and not recognize that there are other groups that also need to be recognized, that it isn't just white women. Agreed. It, it, it is, it is African-American women. It is Latina women. It is Chicana uh, women, Chicana women. It's Islamic. Women. It's just, we have, if we don't stand united within that diversity, we will fall. Yeah. And, and Julia Stiles, when she stood up in that scene, 
she risked being exactly the caricature that Lena Dunham is. Exactly. And, yeah, I'm with you a thousand percent there. And it's funny because you were shouting out your history teacher. I actually had a pretty cool uh, literature teacher in junior high. And uh, she married a Hispanic man and uh, she's very well read. But when she had that marriage, and it's funny because people made fun of her for it. They're like, oh, look at, you know, Mrs. DeFolvio. She got married and now her name is Mrs. Martinez and she thinks she's Chicana. But that's why I even said that word and brought it up because she opened our eyes to this incredible uh, cultural like span of uh, literature that we otherwise didn't have. And a lot of women, I read so much Sandra Cisneros that year. Mm. And and I I don't even want to be short sighted now and say like because there's so much I don't know that I would love to know of other uh, like you were saying of of um, Islam women or you know Muslim mm-hmm. women I would love to hear their perspective and 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 Julia though she was sophomoric let's be honest she was a yeah. senior who was sophomoric and only knew what she knew of her own canon and you were talking about her lens being colored by her mom leaving and she is being um you know managed closely by her father i i think i would argue what it was also colored by the later reveal over what happened to her in Mm -hmm. her what was it she said her freshman year Mm -hmm. uh, with With, her with joey and joey exactly Mm -hmm. so you know she's coming from a very personal space i would argue that the girl we meet in sarah lawrence were there to be a sequel four years later would probably be a lot better uh I don't want to say reserved. I don't mean that, but she'd be a bit of representation of feminism and its growth. From that per- perspective, I think it's important just for for young white women to see, like there is that fine line where you can go and become a caricature. You can become the Linda Dunhams of the world. If and and it would be cool to see a sequel. If there, I mean, if there's not going to be, but it would be. I cool. mean, they did the television show. Ah, <laughs> uh, it doesn't count. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> we don't, by the same we don't talk about that. That is a black mark. It's canon. That is a black mark on ABC Family. Fuck you, Disney. But they, they did the same thing with Clueless after it came. Remember when uh, that happened? Yes. <laughs> Yikes. Okay. Okay, but so yeah. we have a scene outside again where Joey and his nameless best friend. I mean, like everybody's got a best friend, he but his best friend like, is nameless. He never appeared again, so I don't know who he is. <laughs> um, they make a bet, a, a bet for fun. Yeah, about uh, Joey. They make the she's all that bet nailing. Yep. Bianca. Yeah. It's basically like, not a 90s teen romantic comedy unless there's a bet. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only way you get men to interact with women. Mm-hmm. I mean, Cruel Intentions was the same exact thing. <laughs> oh my God, uh, I didn't even think of that. I love that movie. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> uh, how do people interact nowadays? I don't know. I don't either. <laughs> They're just making bets behind our backs, ladies. We just oh, don't know oh. about it. Oh yeah, because they have Venmo now. though. Now it's like they literally have no physical evidence. <laughs> What? <laughs> Blowing my mind. Okay, so Cameron is still smitten, and Michael is just like, well, she is looking for a French tutor. But then we get this one of my favorite lines where she says, you can be overwhelmed, you could be You're underwhelmed, but can you ever just be whelmed? <laughs> <laughs> I love that line. It's so true. <laughs> I mean, from a logical standpoint, there should be. I'm going to say that from now on in the morning when people go, how are you? As a pleasant trend, and be like, whelmed. Whelmed. <laughs> whelmed. So Kat is at home, of course, reading the bell jar. Yeah. It's like, because of course she is. Because <laughs> of, she she right now is stereotyped. Yes. No, and I, I what made this 
absolutely hilarious to me last night because I I busted up laughing, which yes, I, I, I haven't done ever at that scene because it just makes so much sense that she's reading the bell jar. But I saw BuzzFeed did mm. did this collection of comics about dudes who really get into feminism mm. and and think that like they're being allies when they're really kind of being jerks mm-hmm. and one of them was this guy who just read the bell jar <laughs> and is like hey i know what your experience is like because i read that book oh my god <laughs> oh my god so, i'm like oh shit it's perfect it's it beautiful. is still a thing and i'm cringing as i say it because it is it's like oh Yep, definitely still a thing. Kat gets in to Sarah Lawrence, but her dad is very upset about this. So we haven't really (laughs) talked about her dad, really. Mm -hmm. So her dad is an OBGYN Mm -hmm. and is always talking about how... He's had his elbows in placenta. placenta. (laughs) (laughs) Been up to my elbows in placenta. So I have always... Oh, yes. Really understood her father, where her father was coming from, because my mother <laughs> is an OB nurse. Oh, wow. So ever since I was little, hey, how was your day, mom? Oh, uh, a 12-year-old just came in and was pregnant, so now I have to t- sit down and talk to you about the dangers of sex. <laughs> and I'm like... <laughs> Oh my god, that's amazing and horrible for you all at the same time. Yeah, so I really, I really understood where these girls yeah. were coming from. So right now, the dad changes the house rule. Yes, he changes it to Bianca can date when Cat does, and I guess we're supposed to believe this because he thinks that Cat will never, ever, 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 ever date. Well, because Bianca says she's a mutant. I'm shaking my head literally as you're talking. So I, I wish you could see because I'm like, mm shaking my damn head. <laughs> the minute he decided that, and he looked like he was having an epiphany, by the way. He's like, no, 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 wait. New rule. She can date when you date her the other way around. Yeah. And I'm like, wait, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. This is the stupidest thing I've ever heard of because even if she is, by Larissa Olenek's admission, a mutant, <laughs> she's still her sister. At some point, you have to know they're going to strike a deal where she's going to be like, will you just mm-hmm. please come out and do a thing? You don't even have to be with the guy. Just like, come on out. If you want to be a lesbian, that's fine too. We don't care. Just come on out, you know? You yeah. know, at some point, there has to be some sort of deal made regardless of this movie. So the second I heard that dad say that, I was like, I'm a parent now. And I'm like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I also thought it was interesting because He's not really always home. Yeah. He's right. always running. He gets the beeper like in the middle of that conversation and then has to leave. Yeah. And the rule was steadfast before. No dating. Yes. Why even change it so that there could be a possibility? Well, it was like he was frazzled and didn't know how to make Bianca shut up. <laughs> like he's Basically. like, I can't. I can't deal with you right now. I have to go deal with, you know, a, a, a bursting vagina. Like, <laughs> wait a second. Uh, <laughs> like he was just so frazzled all that, which I thought, cause we've seen this actor is in mm-hmm. like everything. Yes. He's, mm-hmm. uh, the, the hairdresser in, uh, princess, princess diaries. diaries. Uh, he was in like every <laughs> Gary Marshall movie too. Yes. I kind of give him a, just a, li- I mean, I know I'm biased. I love this movie, but I give him a little bit of a pass because he's frazzled. He's trying to deal with the like parent, single parent doctor dealing with, you know, pregnancy all the time terrified of his daughters getting pregnant (laughs) 
So then, or, so, so then wait a minute. Hold on. I hate to interrupt you. But yeah. then even if you're frazzled and you're this guy, don't you then say like, okay, you can date whoever Kat says you can date. Like that's mm. even a better option right off the bat because you're trusting her judgment. Yes. I like I, that. I like that too. I think that's better. But I wonder, because this was never really talked about in the movie ever, which was, did the dad know what happened to Kat? Or did she always keep that a secret? I think I'm she kept guessing it, a it was a secret. Yeah. I'm just interested, like, where, because obviously she was allowed to at least go to a party or something. True. Kat. To have this happen to her. Where I mean, I'm I'm assuming it can't. It mostly came out of the fact of their mom left them. And yeah, that's that the was only way that right he could control after. Them. Yeah, that was when when Cat was with Joey was right after their mom left. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go out on a limb and say Dad was distracted when Mom left. Yeah. Well, d- Dad's a doctor, so she probably left because she wasn't getting the attention that she needed. Oh, yeah. Overwhelmed. Overwhelmed. She was just whelmed. <laughs> she was whelmed. <laughs> okay, so conveniently enough, after this rule change, Cameron has French tutoring with Bianca and asks her out. And she's just like, whoa, 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 I can't date, but that rule's changed. I can't date until my sister does now, but she's, you know, crazy sauce. And he's just like, great, now I've got a plan. plan. <laughs> <laughs> Convenient planning. So he gathers a group of guys to see... Who could date Cat? Which the I shrew. love the sequence. The shrew, you're right. Yeah. Yes, the sequence is it's hilarious because it wasn't ever intended to be cut as a montage, just from the way that it was shot. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they cycle through the guys, and each guy has like a different reaction, and then it ends on a guy who screams, which I <laughs> love so much. I love that transition so much into the the soccer field. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh my god. I love transitions, guys. They, they are amazing. <laughs> Squee! <laughs> so in class, they see Patrick, and they're like, he's our guy. That hostile Australian. <laughs> he's our guy. But how do we get him to date Kat? <gasps> we get a backer. <laughs> Someone who's <laughs> stupid, but has a lot of money. Joey! Oh, Which- Andrew Keegan. <laughs> oh, my God. God. <laughs> yes. Talk about Andrew Keegan. First of all, I don't know if he's done anything since the 90s. I really don't. But in the 90s, he was everywhere. Yes. yes. And he was that quintessential. I feel like in every movie he was in, it doesn't matter how much money he has, but in every movie he's in, he's the guy. The guy that you were supposed to want to be with that can just basically sweep ladies off their feet by merely talking and walking in the room and maybe running his fingers through his hair. I'm going too far. But... Yeah. <laughs> But he was that guy. Yo, and he was totally that guy. Yeah. I, I, and I'm ashamed to admit, ladies, because I've come a long way in my years. But he was totally the guy that were I in high school, I'd have been like, that guy. That's ah! the guy. No. No way. No substance on my part. <laughs> it's okay. We've all had one. <laughs> True. One. Well, I mean, I mean, there was uh-huh. there was that one in my high school where I was like, yeah, I re- he's hot. But all the girls thought that. Mm-mm. But he was kind of a dick. And he was the so- he was a soccer player, mm-hmm. and like, yep, yep. I, you I you basically just established my high school boyfriend, and that's <laughs> the worst part because like you you feel like, oh, you know what? I'm gonna be the one who like turns it around. And nope, mm. ladies, let me be PSA. <laughs> you will never be the one who turns it around. He will always be a fucking douchebag. 
Unless he learns in college, which well, is very rare. I'm going to guess that Andrew Keegan did not learn in college. No, he didn't. He didn't take his women's studies I class. I mean, he just has to pick up the bell <laughs> jar, right? Yeah, I mean, that is true. According yep. to according to the internet. <laughs> oh, boy. I bet you anything he's working on the Trump team right now. Oh, oh God. God. He's Ugh. he's one of the Trump models. 100%. Oh, can we go back and talk about Heath Ledger? He's like the Laney Boggs where you don't believe that like nobody would find him unappealing. Yeah, <laughs> how is he not like how how do people think he's is it just because he's scary? Because he is hot. Yeah. Mm, here I am slowly raising my hand again because I was that girl who was like, I'm going to get the star of the team and like, ta-da. <laughs> and I wouldn't have looked back then twice at Heath Ledger and been like, ew, Gracie. Aww. Oh, see, I was, I was into that. Yeah. I was into the bad boy. Like the long, the long, I mean, I'm still into the long hair, but <laughs> Justine, <laughs> Justine knows this now. <laughs> She won't let Sam cut his hair. Poor, poor thing. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> he can cut it at any time. Uh-huh. He's his own man. Anytime. Uh-huh. I'm sure he can. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Michael talks to Joey, gives him the proposition, gets a dick on his face. Right? Yeah, Joey's drawing the boobs on the the, the tray, the lunch tray. Yeah. And then Joey talks to Patrick and pays him $50. You know, the whole, like, you see that girl over there? Here's money. Ask her out. And in 90s money, that was huge. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was a ridiculous amount of money. Patrick then goes talk to Kat, but she dismisses him horribly. She calls him Screwboy. I remember that. Yeah. Because I've used that ever <laughs> ever. S- this movie has given me so many great quips. And Screwboy is one of them. Screwboy is a good one. It's Screwboy was the OG fuckboy. Yep, mm. it was. Mm-hmm. Except you could say it in a PG-13 movie. Yep, you're right. Although I feel like maybe you could say that now in a PG-13 movie. Fuckboy? Yeah. Totally. Bianca and Kat have a moment in their bathroom where they fight a little. Bianca has found her their mom's pearls. Mm-hmm. And is wearing them. And that's yep. conte- that's that is a contentious point for Kat. Yeah. Who's trying to be a strong, independent woman who needs no mother. Or no man. Or no man. She needs no one. <laughs> she is no one. She is no one. <laughs> Patrick uh, does a little bit of stalking of Kat, meets her outside that music store, and uh, Kat hits Joey's car. Because Joey is a dick and pulls up right behind her mm-hmm. and won't refuses to move. And she's like, do you mind? And he's like, nope, not at all. So she runs into it and he loses it. I'm like, you deserved that. Those are some brass balls, though, to take your own car and to smash it against somebody else's where you know that your car is going to get hurt in the process. Yeah. I mean, she had like one of those old school, like 50s clunkers. Yeah. But it's like a solid steel car. True. So I love... The line after that was, my insurance doesn't cover PMS. <laughs> oh, my God. The dad. So uh, Patrick ups his price with Joey to $100 a date. Because she is far too feisty. Tempestuous? Tempestuous, Tempestuous yes. <laughs> Cameron and Michael at this time talk to Patrick and say, hey, 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 Joey's just a pawn. It's Cameron who's really trying to get with Bianca. 
We need to up the stakes. We need to get things rolling. And we're going to enact a little revenge at the same time. So they take Bogey Lowenstein's little party and turn it into a raging kegger. Yeah. <laughs> of course they do. Because uh, Bogey Lowenstein kicked Michael out of the future NBA's click. Okay, something that's always bothered me is how the fuck old is Bogey Lowenstein? <laughs> I thought of that too! That's always bothered me. Ew, I'm like, what? Yeah. Are He's you like, like 40? Teacher, are you a student? I'm so, what? <laughs> <laughs> Who'll be you? So awkward. Cameron hangs out with Bianca to get info on Kat. They go into her room. Yes. And then Cameron asks to see Bianca's... Well, no, they find the black panties first. Yes. Yeah. So Hanging on like a lampshade, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Black panties. So Ooh. for me, I have never... Like, that line has always stuck with me. So I'm like, when I buy black lingerie, do people just think that I'm like wanting to have all of the sex? It's the equivalent of buying condoms. Is, Is it? it? I don't know. That's I mean, I... This was, that's what this movie dictates. Since does. then, I've had like that thought in the back of my head. But honestly... My black panties are my period panties. Yes, I was you just do not going see the blood. <laughs> yes, we all have our reasons for the dark underwear, and that is it. Yes. <laughs> it's funny, though, because I think that this movie, like, specifically did something to us, ladies. Like, I saw that, yeah. and then I thought it's 1999. Yeah. And at the time, I was a virgin, and I was like, well, clearly now <laughs> I know when it's time. I need to buy some black panties because yeah. that's what you do. Yes. That is apparently what you do. And I think subconsciously, I can't believe this is coming out now, but oh my God, it's word vomit. You can't control it. Here it comes. I think that this subconsciously like made me do this for years where I was like, okay, new boyfriend, black underwear because that's what you do. Yeah. yeah. And now here I am, whatever I am, 13 years into my long-term marriage where I'm like, and now they're my period undies. Yeah. <laughs> This movie right? changed lives. <laughs> For the better? Maybe? I don't know. It's one of those chicken egg scenarios. Ooh. <laughs> what came first? <laughs> Twitter poll. Ladies, weigh in. Black eyes. For sexy time or period time? <laughs> Doing it. It's going on the Twitter. Yes. <laughs> Okay, so Cameron and Michael go to a biker bar to give Patrick all this info about Kat. And Michael thinks touching the walls is going to give everyone hepatitis. (laughs) He's such a precious. He is. Like, this is the most precious David Cromwell's has ever been. Mm -hmm. And they said she's got tickets to see her favorite band at Club Skunk tomorrow. And he's like, oh, I can't be seen at Club Skunk. Which, that is never addressed as to why he can't be seen at clubs. I'm assuming it's because he knows them. Dude, I want a club skunk. I want to go there. I I assume because it was, like, known as, like, a super lady-heavy, Fiona Apple-loving sort of atmosphere. And that's why he was like, I can't be seen there. That the bartender obviously knows him. Oh, yeah. Maybe he bartends around the place. I don't know. Maybe. I don't. It just, it's always bothered me, like... He's like, I can't be seen there. And it's like, okay, why? And then he walks in and the bartender's like, hey, Verona, what are you doing here? And I'm like, how, who, what? This is never, I mean, and then at the end, at the dance, he calls in a favor mm-hmm. to get Save Ferris to come to the No, prom. to get letters to Cleo. Letters to oh, Cleo, guys. Get Ferris. it together. No, no, no. I 
love Letters to Cleo. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> All right. Was she singing with Sid? Cause she, yes. It's Say Ferris is there Ferris. for the prom already. Yes, okay. But her favorite band is Letters to yeah, Cleo. Okay. Never mind. Yeah. That's right. Which f- I love. <laughs> oh my God. I'm like, what's his face in um, Parks and Rec? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this had so much of a better budget than the previous movies we've watched. It did. Well, but it also it felt like it was still a, it was still made by an independent. It wasn't a studio film. It didn't feel like one. I would argue that it did feel like a studio film. Oh, really? Yeah. Because, I mean, I understand what you're saying about, like, the indie vibe, but I think that, and, and I don't want to impugn your opinion because, it, yeah. you know, it's your opinion. No, but, do it. But in my head, I'm like, well, wait a second. Because it's, why did it feel like it had an indie vibe? Was it the way it was, like, made? Like, the way it was actually made? Or because it was uh, fun and, and um, what's the word I'm looking for? I'm going to say it. Not antagonistic, but you know what I mean? Like, it took, like, a down with the patriarchy in a way sort of vibe because of, of Julia Stiles and she carries the film so is it due to the vibe of it that made it feel that way because from the minute that they walk into this very posh high school which is again stadium high school in um, Tacoma which is gorgeous and almost castle like and mm-hmm. you know it, it, it in my opinion anyway it was shot well acted well had actors who at the time were very popular, not probably too cheap. So I'm like, uh, I don't know. It still is a studio film to me. To me, studios tend to not want to do the quote unquote progressive thing. I don't, they don't know. Want, I don't know. Mm-hmm. It just felt, it didn't feel like a studio voice behind it. Letters well, to Cleo was insanely popular. Yes. But Say Ferris wasn't. No, I know. Say Ferris wasn't at all. But again, it's through the lens of, of Julia Stiles' character. And so it, they're speaking for her, which is why that they, they, I feel like they're so prominent. And the, and the subordinating characters still say misogynistic things. Even their own dad who's like, hey, my insurance doesn't cover PMS. I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. God forbid she actually do it because this guy was a douchebag. You know, so she is the voice carrying the movie that has all of these other, you know, kind of resonating things like letters from Cleo backing her up. Maybe it's just because I'm thinking of the studio influence of today rather than the studio influence of the 90s. Because they don't make middle budget movies like this anymore. True. That's true. So maybe it's just because all of this kind of went under the studio's radar. I would bet it didn't have a clueless budget, but it also wasn't Reality Bites. Yes. Mm. Oh, reality bites. <laughs> <laughs> Back to this movie. So, well, at Club Skunk, Patrick does this whole, like, kind of negging her thing. Yeah. And this works. <laughs> well, it's because he keeps he keeps up with her. Yeah. Like, she's giving it to him, and then he's giving it a little bit back. And so he's he's on par with her. Like, this is where... I felt like the chemistry between Heath Ledger and Julia Stiles really took off and mm-hmm. shined throughout the rest of the movie was was this specific scene. Like, he, he already has the embarrassment. Or right when she's like, what the fuck are you doing here? And he's like, well, you know, watching you out there dancing like that, I've never seen you look so sexy. And everyone in the club hears that and, like, laughs and <laughs> makes fun of him. And he feels, like, outnumbered. And so, like, that puts him on that weird level field where he has to, he, he stops being the, the, not necessarily the aggressor, but he stops being a caricature of himself, I think. Like, that, that embarrassment breaks the illusion. Mm. So he asks her to Bogey's party, and she doesn't say no. She doesn't say yes. She doesn't say no. 
But he says, I'll pick you up at eight. <laughs> yeah, I'll pick you up. So let's uh, let's dive into the party. Cat is there kind of reluctantly. So she starts drinking. Beyond- Doing shots of yeah. Cuervo. Oh, yeah. Not just like, oh, I'm having a beer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, Cameron unfortunately finds out that the Bianca didn't even want him at all. She's just there to meet up with Joey. Cameron's miserable. Kat's getting super wasted. She does a table dance. And hits her head on a lamp. Yeah. Here's what I couldn't figure out. Why was she getting so wasted? I know she was not like a thrilled girl that night, but like wasted. Why? Because because she saw Joey with her sister. And you think that that was it? Oh, yeah. Being an older sister, she saw her sister following in her footsteps and she couldn't do anything to stop it. So there is going to be that sense of guilt that I think is really what that was about. It wasn't necessarily about getting plastered and getting trashed. It was she was so guilty that she was trying to make that feeling go away. That's a good point. I was thinking of it more chronologically, but you're absolutely right. Yeah. Did you know that she got her role in Save the Last Dance from this table dance she did? Really? (laughs) No. That's what the internet says. Oh, and you could always trust the internet. <laughs> always. The internet's never wrong. That's right. So Cameron at this point wants to give up, but Patrick says, you like this girl? Just do it. Fight for her. Come on. I got to go help out Drunky here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they tried to build him up to be this creepy, scary guy. Yes. And he's actually very caring of her. I wrote this down right here, too. Patrick is a genuinely good guy. And he's, like, the only genuinely good guy we've seen in a teen movie, like, ever. Ever. Yeah. (laughs) True. (laughs) Well, wait, that's not true. Ethan Embry was good and and can't hardly wait. Uh, He was a good guy. Yeah, but I don't know. that He was so misled because he didn't even really know her. They met for like two seconds and he was in love. And then, I don't know. But same thing with with um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt in this movie. I'm not talking about Joseph (laughs) (laughs) Gordon-Levitt. Okay, good point. (laughs) There's problems with Joseph Gordon-Levitt. One of the problems that I noticed throughout this whole thing is he's the one who set this all up. And then at the end... Cat's devastated. Yeah, he damages and everybody's lives. He's damaging. And then he just leaves to go sailing with Bianca like Bye. a selfish dick. <laughs> <laughs> so there. <laughs> but do you think this comes from just the genuineness of Heath Ledger? I think it's three things. I think it's A, exactly as you just said. The fact that it's Heath Ledger and he does bring something special to the table. Secondarily, uh, I don't want to discount the fact that he isn't American. I think there's something to be said about having somebody from a different culture, certainly, come in and, and you know, show us a side that maybe at that point we are too kind of shallow in, in our own, you know, Hollywood bubble mm-hmm. to kind of it let in. And then there he came in with breath of fresh air. Um, you know, actually, I would say that the, the, the third point would be about the exact era, not the 90s specifically, or even, you know, the uh, forthcoming aughts. But there's a very specific cusp of like 1997 through maybe like, I don't know, 2001 or 2002, where boy bands were really popular. It was like Mm -hmm. the, you know, the re-rise of the pretty boy, you Mm -hmm. know, uh, and you know, I love Titanic, but like the whole Jack Dawson, Leo DiCaprio look like that was in. And like, here comes this super scruffy guy who's kind of a throwback actually to grunge, which had happened several years prior. And there's a certain genuineness 
for lack of a better term, that, that, you know, that comes with him because he's not just, you know, playing a very, um, I guess you could say nostalgia slash decade appropriate part. He's true to himself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because even later on when they're in the car and she's totally trashed and wants to kiss him Mm. because they've had that moment. He's like, he had, he doesn't take advantage of that. He, he's like, no, you won't remember this. He doesn't take advantage of the bet like other people in the other teen movies that we've seen. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like he takes the money for selfish reasons, but he still treats her like a person. Right. Yes. Which I can't say the same uh, about Freddie Prince Jr. And she's all that at all. I would say that about Ryan Phillippe going back to Cruel Intentions because he could take advantage of Reese Witherspoon when she remember when she like opens up her mm-hmm. uh, nightgown and, him, she, yeah. and then he leaves and she's like, what's wrong? And she's all embarrassed afterward. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, Julia Stiles does the same thing. Like, she's super embarrassed after the fact that she, like, and she didn't even do much. All she did was, like, lean across the seat with her lips puckered, like, I okay. Know. And then she hates him. Yes! I was such an extreme reaction. Well, I think it goes back to the whole how she was hurt with Joey. Like, how she felt taken advantage of, so she felt like that's how she was supposed to be treated. Right. Even in the drunken, heightened, like, we all go into this state when we are drunk or or just inebriated where we we kind of fall into stereotypes of ourselves I think Mm -hmm. and so she's the expectation that she has is well he's a dude he's gonna take advantage of me like that's just how guys show that they love me or that they care about me Mm. so she's a she's deeply offended because he didn't play his role that's a good point too which also I think points I've seen this movie so many times, okay? (laughs) I've I've thought about this over years. Because I connect with Kat, like, on that level of getting so upset. Because I I see her so obsessed with feminism, so obsessed with being this independent woman, but also seeing her just as this sensitive, hurt girl. Like, this vulnerable girl that had something terrible that happened to her that we don't necessarily know exactly what happened. Because she doesn't go into great detail, but we know that she was taken advantage of. She was abandoned by her mother. And I, I totally understand the feeling of being abandoned by a parent. And I connect with needing people to play those roles. Needing to have control over what society is. Because if you don't, then what does that mean? Who does that make me? What does that mean for me? Like, how am I ever going to be able to trust anyone mm, if true. there's no... Stereo. If there's no stereotype for me to understand, mm-hmm. just on a base level, which I think is interesting, like going back to her feminism, where she has a basic understanding of the feminism, and she, but she doesn't necessarily apply it to her life. It's all the like way. she wears it like armor. Yes, exactly. That's absolutely true. I agree. Okay, so let's jump to our other couples with Bianca, Joey, and Cameron at the party. Joey wants to leave and go to a different party, but Bianca wants to go home. So then uh, Gabrielle Union says she'll go with Joey. Yeah, and I think this is because (laughs) Bianca starts to see really who Joey is. She's getting bored of him. Well, she's bored of him talking about himself all the time. Like, he's constantly asking her, like, hey, look at this model pose. How does it make, how, what does it say about me? Yeah. yeah. Not even, you were about to say, how does it make you feel? I'm like, he doesn't care how she feels. No. No. Yeah. no. How does it, how does it make me look? Yeah. Like yep. he's very much, he's boring. 
Like, who wants to sit there and listen about that all the time? Mm-hmm. Tube socks. <laughs> <laughs> so, Bianca needs a ride home, so she asks Cameron. So, they have a miserable ride home. They're in the front of the house. And he's like, why Why you even lie? Well, why do you have to be like that? I defended you and all this. I thought you were great. And why you got to treat everybody like this? And she's mm-hmm. like, because that's the expectation. Mm-hmm. And the car is the perfect representation, by the way, because it's a Volvo, a.k.a. the safest car in the world, but like a box on wheels. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and here's Cameron, the safe choice, driving the safe car. And like she's all seatbelted in. And it's funny because, though, I, I don't know if this was on purpose or not, but when they arrive, and he starts asking her, you know, kind of like, hey, you know, what the hell sort of thing. She takes off her seatbelt really, really slowly, as if in a way it's just been like, holding her in this whole time like oh yeah like they they, there's this elephant in the room that she doesn't want to happen yes and and it's a very slow release when she Mm -hmm. takes it off all right safe choice in the safe car here we go yeah Mm -hmm. because she's also she's been somewhat hurt by joey yeah she's she's hurt she's hurt because the expectation of him is is gone totally and she thought she mattered more to him than she actually does. And she, I think, is smart enough to realize that towards the end of that date. Yeah, she's starting to feel like the prize rather than the person. The person, yeah. Yep. Uh, Bianca kisses Cameron. Yep, they have a moment. And he's Ooh. back, back in, in the game! game. <laughs> <laughs> Another great transition. <laughs> you know what? For all of our talk about feminism, let's go here for a second. Mm-hmm. So... He is belaboring an important point about how he has been treated so far, about what he's done for her, about how she treats other people, and she shuts him up with a kiss. Yep. Yep. And he's back in the game. Let's, like, (laughs) roll reverse it. If this Mm -hmm. had been somebody, I don't want to say, like, character-wise, because if it were Joey, he's reprehensible, so it doesn't matter. But, like, if it were a guy shutting up the girl who has genuine concerns, you know, about how she's been being treated or how this guy's being, and he's like... I'm just going to kiss her to shut her up. And then she's like, all right, everything's okay now. Would we be cheering them on? Mm-mm. I, I mean, we've seen so. that happen. Yeah, we have. What movie was it? I mean, I still don't feel like all right with this scenario. No, I feel like she was manipulating, manipulating the situation to avoid oh, a very painful or a very difficult conversation. Yeah, but and I think, the only way she knows how. Yes. And, that, and there's inherently nothing wrong with what she did it's more of she's doing the little girl tactic where she's trying to get the conversation that is negative about her to change into a positive like she's doing the little girl thing where she has daddy wrapped around her finger and she can do whatever she wants just by fluttering her eyes or giving a kiss teenagers are always selfish unfortunately i i will be willing to admit it i was a teenager who was selfish me too. And it's because we don't know yet. We haven't learned. We think we know what the world is and everybody's holding us back from the world. But then when we get out in the world, we're like, oh, fuck, this shit's scary. Yeah. Like, what do we do now? <laughs> Help. And that's what teaches That's what teaches us how to not necessarily be manipulative and not Just be assholes. Be humble. Be humble. Yeah. So as teen, I, I get I get the concept of why Bianca would do this. That's a very good argument. You have seen this movie a thousand times. Yes, I have. <laughs> okay, a couple points. Uh, they are assigned that that rap sonnet in class. Oh, yes. My favorite <laughs> thing. Alexander Hamilton. 
You're waiting in the wings for you. you. (laughs) Okay, Michael talks to Mandela, and we start seeing a little bit of their side story. Oh my god, I love this. I I wanted so much more of this. We find Cat still hates Patrick with the fire of a thousand thousand suns. Very specific. (laughs) Not a thousand and one, a thousand. thousand. Joey then sets his plan to pay Patrick to take Cat, specifically to prom. Yeah, because Uh, Joey still thinks he, even though he's failed, essentially, he hasn't recognized that he has failed yet. That's because I don't think he's ever actually been called out on failing. Mm. Mm. There you go. Somebody's always been there to take the fall for him in times of failure in the past. So like something goes doesn't go right and immediately there has to be a fall guy there who's like, no, oh my God, I can't believe that happened. It's my fault or that's so-and-so's fault. And they did that to you. Like, I don't think he's ever actually had to fail. So there's uh, the best part of the movie. Patrick has to prove. Oh, yes, this best part. <laughs> Patrick has to prove his love. Oh, yes. <laughs> We're there. Da-da. I love you, baby. baby. And if it's quite alright, I'll leave you, baby. I want the lonely nights. Um, anybody want to describe what happened? (laughs) (laughs) He pays the AV guys and the band. To, to take over the soccer fields during soccer practice because Kat is on the soccer team. And he is going to sing because he he said, uh, Michael says that he embarrassed the woman. So now he has to embarrass himself to prove that he likes her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so he decides to sing to win her back. Mm-hmm. And this is really Heath Ledger singing. It's great. Oh, my God. I think it's the most iconic part of this movie. Yes, and when he does the the the, the vaudevillian dance slide and the, the cute little turn and... I like the, the butt padding of the... Yeah, of the cop. S- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or the security guard, whoever that was. But that lands him in detention. Yes. Womp womp. So Kat gets him out of detention by flashing her coach... Yes. Oh, boy. Misdirection. Which, the co- the co- we haven't talked about the coach character because he's been a background piece where he gets shot with an arrow in the butt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's right. He During gets gym. He gets hit with a golf ball. He gets hit with a golf ball. He's like <laughs> in detention with the pothead and he's like, you've got pot, don't you? He's <laughs> like, I'm <laughs> confiscated. And I'm like, he is probably been concussed and needs that medical marijuana okay you go bro he steals the other guy's cheetos and i'm like he needs it and then he gets flashed by boobs and it's like okay (laughs) so um while they they are free they have this little paddle boat ride cat and patrick and they have a little like why are you the way you are kind of talk which I love. I well, I've seen like a featurette on this, mm. and apparently the they couldn't get the paddle boat to work. Oh right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they ended up, I guess, just pulling it over to the side or something, so that it's far enough away from the dock, so where you don't see the dock, but they have it anchored, so they're actually not going anywhere. <laughs> they're just miming it. Yeah. Okay. What do you guys think of this paintball? Do you want to do it? Yes. 
Okay, 100%, can I just tell yes. you that there was paintball without guns? And I was like, hold on, I need to see this again because I, I literally rewound it. And then I was like, look at that, no guns. I would do this in a minute. Yes. Yes. Minus the straw part though, because then when he finally like takes her in the hay, I'm like, yes. oh, I don't know about that. Like, yeah. I don't know. It was all sticking to them at that point yeah. where they were trying to kiss. Mm-hmm. I didn't care. I was there for it. I was like, kiss. <laughs> the kiss was kiss. great. The kiss was great. The straw, maybe not so much, but being covered they in They needed paint. something to fall into. Just kiss. <laughs> <laughs> you were so waiting for it. You're like, yes. yes. I was like, painty kiss. Do it. Do it. <laughs> There's kissing. Okay, so uh, he takes her home. And they're having some flirty, fun, good times and talking about what the rumors about them. Yeah. She really wants him to get real with her, but this is starting to make him a little anxious. Man feels. Yeah. Plus, he needs to score this like prom win for, you know, this this deal. I don't think he was thinking about it. I think he I was agree. having I, I felt like. He was just uncomfortable. He started getting uncomfortable because he's like, oh, I really genuinely like this girl. Mm -hmm. Like, I want to hang out with her. And now she's getting super close to what I've done. Like, if she finds out, she's going to be hurt and I don't want to hurt her. Mm -hmm. Like, I I don't feel, feel like he was thinking about the setup for prom i think he was just but he says go to prom with me he did but i think that was more he wanted to actually go with her mm. but then i she think you're right says, yeah but then what happened was is when she like accuses him i think you were just about to allude to justine mm-hmm. uh that you know oh you know what's in it for you and yeah. and he he gets so just ridiculously defensive to the point where I, I think any girl who were on the receiving end of that would have either, if depending on their security level, felt like, oh my God, why am I such a horrible shrew? Back to the shrew. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> why did I say that? Of course there's nothing in it for him. I can't believe I, you know, all that stuff. Or the other side, and arguably the more correct side of like, what what is in it for you? Why are you getting so upset about this? You yeah. know, and, and yeah. And uh, I, I felt so sorry for Kat in the moment when she's saying that because you know that that she's right on the money, of course. Yeah. And she's being made to feel crazy. She's being gaslit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it sucks. The whole side of it for me was I just I feel bad for both of them. They're both in shitty situations and he feels so guilty. Like it's not just coming from the, the fear of her finding out. It's coming from his guilt. Yeah. True. Like you see that all over his face. Yeah. So Kat's mad at him, and then Bianca's mad at Cameron for not asking her out. Yes, in French. In French. Uh, Mandela finds a dress in her locker and a note from William S. Yes. <laughs> I'm so for this B story, or this C story. This isn't yeah. even the B story. This is the C story. <laughs> yep. Bianca talks to her dad about prom, and again, it's big. No, 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 no. And then Kat talks to Bianca, and this is where she opens up. This is where she tells her story about how she and Joey went out for a month in ninth grade, and she did it because everybody was doing it. Yep. Ninth grade, guys. Ninth grade. Yeah. But it's like that sisterly thing, and then Bianca is somewhat dismissive of it, is angry for her not sharing that with her. I'm like, dude, don't. Don't be angry. 
Like she's she was trying to protect you, but she also was embarrassed and probably a little bit of ashamed. And mm-hmm. there's also that that slut feeling. So here's that whole adults versus teens thing again. Because as adults, we're all like, um, of course she shouldn't have reacted that way. And of course Kat was trying to do the right thing. And, you know, we all get it. Yeah. But as a self-centered teenager, from Bianca's standpoint, she's like, everything's about her, you know? Yeah. How could you not tell me? Or you knew I was getting involved with him. And like, me, this is about me. And oh my God, how could you keep something so huge from me? And you want me to fail too. You want me to, you know, anyway, so you could extrapolate from there. But she completely 100% made it about her. Mm-hmm. I think that's also kind of the turning point for Bianca too. Like she's, she is, to, for lack of a better word, she is bitchy back to Kat. At this point, I and I at this point, I don't think either one of them knows that Cameron is the one. Like it hasn't been told to Cat or the dad that it's Cameron, not Joey, because th- their big concern exactly. is Joey. Mm-hmm. So I think it's it's mm-hmm. an interesting dynamic where Bianca, in in retrospect, isn't sharing with Cat. Mm. She's completely dismissive of Cat's openness and and trying to be an adult about it, and. Backing up and saying, well, I'm not actually sharing you the full with you the full picture. Totally true. So everybody decides to go to prom now. Well, we're all um, going. Why not? We have that lovely montage segment with Patrick and and Kat Mm. where it's the sad montage where he finds out, sees her playing the guitar and that lovely no dialogue moment between them where he like is standing over her, wants to say something, but it's like... I can't ever stress enough how much I love shots like that. Just the simpleness of it where you can see the actor just portray the scene without having to say a fucking word. There's that connection there that he genuinely wants to reach out, but he is still like terrified in a way and and sad and all of those emotions across his face and knowing what he wants to say, but not saying it. it's just I love those scenes. Mm. And Heath Ledger, God rest his soul, was one of the greats at them. He has he had them in A Knight's Tale. He's had them in probably every every movie that he ever did. I mean, even as the Joker. Mountain. Yeah, mm-hmm. even bro- oh, Brokeback. especially Broken oh Down. That that's yeah, was that's all, when you were talking, that's all I could think of. I wasn't even thinking mm-hmm. about this movie. I'm like, he what did he have? 10 lines in Brokeback Mountain? Yeah. And so mm-hmm. th- quite everything was on his face. Who what, uh, come back. Just come back. And kudos to whomever, because I I don't know who the casting directors were, but whomever gave him his big break, because that's something innate. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I I kept from the theater world, which is different, but there are still plenty of of times where you see people who kind of have, you know, a version of that because nobody can have exactly what he had. It was very special. His first American film was this one. Oh my god, I didn't know. Whoa, well that's then right. the casting directors on this, there you go. Yeah. Because so many so many times a casting director or or just a director if you're in a, a theater production will be like, Yeah, you know, so I'm not seeing enough. Like, can you can you emote more or can you show us more of like why or the choices, you know, all those character analysis sort of things. And and they they almost like eschew subtlety in a way because it's too much. So mm-hmm. whoever took a chance on him and was like, nope, this subtlety is good. This is where we need to go. This is the next big thing in acting was, was on the money. Oh, yeah. He deserved every ounce of the Oscar that his daughter will hopefully have on her shelf for forever. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. 
Okay, let's go to prom now. Now, to uh, have the audience have Patrick be see, see Patrick as a bad guy <laughs> for the only time in this movie, when Kat meets him at prom, he forgives her. Yeah. For her, you know, freaking out at him for thinking there was something amiss. I always, I don't know why. I, I must be just nostalgia or just, I just, I forgive that. I don't hate him in that. Like, I'm just like, no, he, you are meant to be. <laughs> OTP. <laughs> OTP kiss. Kiss. That's me. I kiss. am a fangirl. Yeah. All this. Cameron shows up to pick up uh, Bianca. Bianca. And later we see Joey try to do the same thing. And the dad just slams the door in his face, which mm -hmm. I thought was so satisfying. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. No explanation. That was my favorite part, too. <laughs> yeah. Save Ferris at the prom. Great. Love it. Love Save Ferris. Uh, William, who is Michael <laughs> and Mandela. Yes. And he jumps off the stage and it's so cute and like... She calls him good sir, and it's mm -hmm. just like, oh. It's cute. She's I so desperate, to too. She's like, where is he? Yeah. Where is William? <laughs> and and uh, Kat says, oh, no, Mandela, have you progressed to full-on hallucinations? <laughs> <laughs> She's right? so concerned. She has Shakespeare taped up in her locker, so I think it's a natural question to be like, so yeah. wait a minute. Hold on. I'm <laughs> just <laughs> now. By the way, and, and I feel like such a jerk even throwing this out there because I feel like I know I'm about to be Joey for a hot second, but I can't help myself. So Save Ferris played at this prom. Do you know who played at my prom? Who? Who? Blink 182. No way. <laughs> <laughs> wow. See, there's my Joey moment. We, we um, growing up in Southern California, there was this radio contest when I was in high school and it was open at all high schools in the listening area and it was like a series of tasks that you had to complete and they called it the punk rock prom. It was through K-Rock and whoever Ooh. won, like won a punk rock prom and Blink 182 was going to literally play your prom. Sure enough, there they were. It was my junior year and they played wow. our prom. There you that go. is amazing. Did Tom DeLong talk about aliens? <laughs> <laughs> Sadly, no. Damn it. <laughs> okay. So, where are we? What are we're, we? We're, prom. We're at, we're at we're, prom. Where Joey confronts. Yeah. Uh, After Letters to Cleo shows up. But anyway. Yeah. Uh, Joey has brought Gabrielle Union. Yes. And uh, Joey's there to confront Patrick in front of Kat. Saying, you know, the usual, like, I didn't pay you to take out this bitch, you know. So Ooh. that this other guy could come in and scoop my score. Yeah. Who the fuck are, who, are we in the 1940s? <laughs> yes. Why? The answer is yes. <laughs> Joey punches Cameron and then Bianca, lovely Bianca, punches the ever-living shit out of him. A couple times and then knees <laughs> him in the junk. Yeah. <laughs> But the best part is that she 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 throw, she lands like a couple like super hardcore punches where I mean I know they had it in the sound but like yeah. bam like th she looks like she's just really going for it but then the way she kind of throws him down is so cute and ladylike she's like Ugh, and like knees him <laughs> and then he just kind of he overly falls and I'm like mm -hmm. oh she's so sweet yeah but then Cat runs away and you know yeah you're right Cameron just effed up. Everybody's yeah. lies. Everybody's. <laughs> Nobody's mad at him. <laughs> How can you be mad at his face? He's 12. That's true. This is true. And a, a senior, apparently. Yeah. So the next day, literally the next day, the sisters make up. 
Yeah. It's nice. It is nice. It's a very cute scene. Kumbaya, my lord. Yep, they're all back together now. And th- now they're going to be good sisters. Yes. And Kat's drawing an eyeball. <laughs> and her dad I lets her... that too! <laughs> her dad lets her go to Sarah Lawrence. Yeah. Um, at school, there's the final sonnet assignments. Here's the, here's the list of 10 things she hates. The thing I had written on every binder I wow. ever owned in high school. Obsessed. Oh, yeah. Iconic. Uh, I used to be able to quote it. Can I still quote it? Oh, you need to try right now, girl. I hate the way I don't hate you. Mm, that's no, That's the end. <laughs> no, that's the end. I hate the way you talk to me. I hate the way you drive my car. I hate it when you I hate your hair. No, no, there's hair. hair. There's hair, then yeah. stare. Yeah. Hate your big dumb combat, combat boots, boots and the way you drive, drive my car. car. I hate the way. Mm. I hate it when you read my mind. Is one yeah. of them. And then it so ma- even makes me rhyme. rhyme. Yeah, yeah. I hate it so much. No, I, I hate, hate it. I hate it so much. I hate it when something, something. Then the fact something that you about call, call. Then I hate the way that I don't, don't hate you. you. Not even a little, little bit. bit. A little. Not, not even, even at all. <laughs> Boom! <laughs> We're really good, guys. This sounded like that was like an episode of drunk poetry. We're like, <laughs> it was. I hate. I, I hate it when you. I don't know. I'm just a call. It says call. I don't call. call. It's just someone. It's a thing. Um. So she runs out and she goes to the parking lot and there's a guitar in her car. A, a Fender. Fender. Yeah. Fender the one strap. she was playing and that she was wanting because she mm-hmm. wanted to form a band because she wants to be a girl. Girl group. She's a riot girl. She wants to be a pussy cat. <laughs> oh yeah, she does. <laughs> What's the line Patrick say? He comes up behind her, and oh, he's like, I made this girl. I really hurt this yeah. girl, but I really liked her. Yeah, I fell for her. And I felt, this, yeah. uh, it's that like I made this dumb, stupid bet. I had this extra money. Yeah, from this yeah. bet that I really hurt this girl. I fell for her. Yeah, I was it's so cute. torn. You were torn. I was totally torn. I really was. And like, I, again, I think it's just because of like an old kind of decrepit biatch now that I'm like, Meh. <laughs> <laughs> but there's a part of me like, okay, so I put myself in her shoes and were I in her shoes and this happened, I would have been, I would have had the same reaction she did where I would have been like trying to play it cool, kind of sarcastic, but I'm like, mm-hmm, okay, well, and in my head I'd be like, yes, and I'd be <laughs> all about it, both the guitar and he. And yet now in my crotchety old woman's status of life, I'm like, hold on just a minute. <laughs> so, so like after everything that happened and they had their big falling out, like now it's kind of like how earlier with the kiss, like that made everything better for Larissa Olenek. Mm-hmm. I'm like, so now everything's all better because he used the money that he won from a bet trying to get her out by buying her a guitar. And she's like, yay. And that's it. And so I was so, so torn on how I felt about this. How'd you guys feel about it? Um, I don't know. It's, it's, it's so classic and it's tainted my view of, I love everything. And I so want a guitar. They, they are my one T uh, my OTP, my mm. one true pairing. Okay. <laughs> so I see the problems with it, but I also am like, Oh, look, he, instead of using the, the blood money, <laughs> quote unquote, on himself and being like a selfish dick, which is what he started this whole movie off to be. He shows that he ca- like he cares about her enough, and he I don't think in that moment he was really expecting of him her to forgive him. 
Not 100%. You don't think? He was leaning over her. This could just be my naivete. My naivete. Nah, my naivete. Nah, I can't talk. Naivete. 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 And just like absolute just in love with Heath Ledger. I mean, it could be that, but I had no problem with this ending at all. Like ever. I've never had a problem. I was just like, okay, I know this is a problem, but I don't care. I don't care. They're together. They kissed. I just, she got a guitar and then we get to (laughs) see the band on the roof Mm -hmm. and it's over and it's beautiful and it's gorgeous. And then we get the blooper reel and I'm happy. I feel good. I think uh, Ashley's happy with it. <laughs> That's what I'm getting. I, just a little bit, right? I think the kisses really seal the deal for Ashley. Every time that she's like, and then they need to kiss. They're like, they kissed, kiss. And I'm like, okay, kisses. Got it, Ash. We're good. <laughs> it's only Heath Ledger, though. Yeah, he's got I mean, good I was the same way with Heath Ledger and Jake Gyllenhaal. I was like, yes, Jake, get it. Get it. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, but I love the chemistry between them two. I really do genuinely feel like they are genuine characters and human beings. Like yes. they have problems, yeah, but every true. human being does. So I can't be like super angry at a movie that portrays humanity in that way. You know? Yeah. Right. I get you. I they get are that. very human. That's what I got from this screening this time is that we've been watching a lot of stock character movies and this felt a lot more human yeah okay that is the end of 10 things i hate about you i want you you to want me i need need you you to need me me. okay love (laughs) you love me Okay, I'm done. (laughs) See you crying. I'm not done. (laughs) Okay, let's uh, return to our DVD.com description, which is really one really run-on sentence. It is. (laughs) One weird verbiage. (laughs) After learning that Bianca Stratford is forbidden to date until her man-hating older sister Kat finds a beau, Bianca's would-be boyfriend hatches a plan pay moody school rebel Patrick Verona to escort the churlish cat around town. Would you he was say moody? Yeah. Uh, would you sure. say that this um description is accurate to the movie that we have viewed and reviewed? No. No. Absolutely not. I mean, it does get some base points, mm-hmm. but again, it makes Cameron seem like the big main character. Hmm. I mean, he's not I, even named. He's the would-be boyfriend. This is the type of movie that I feel like actual, well, I was going to say actual guys, but you know what I mean? I, but by that, I mean guys with a heart and with a sense of humor mm-hmm. would actually enjoy as opposed to Joey-type douche guys. Oh, yeah. But that, but that description, if I read that to, let's say, Justin back in the day and been like, hey, there's this movie. Want to watch it? He'd be like, uh, no. And that would be the end of that. So <laughs> it, it doesn't do it justice. No, I think it like needs quirky teen pop verbiage. Mm. Like it needs that to sell to sell the movie itself. We don't need to talk about the bet because it's not the main thing. The main focus for me is Kat herself learns to have a relationship and that not everyone's going to hurt her. Like she learns to be open and she learns to have like a genuine human connection with someone which I think is the central focus of the movie. 
And she learns to, to not necessarily manage people's expectations, but she learns to manage her own expectations on what the world is supposed to be. So it should be like, expectations are not what they appear in yes. this high school comedy, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, something like that. That's a perfect lead-in sentence. I totally agree. I'm on board. Let's do it. Let's rewrite it and reboot it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ashley, Ashley Superfan, are you ready to rate this movie? Don't you already know? <laughs> Give it to me. I'm going to rate this movie five. Whoa. Five. Five fake plastic weird purple Heath Ledger pants. What? <laughs> this is this is how many times and how closely I have watched this damn movie. Wow. Heath Ledger wears these weird plastic purple pants yes, to the club. Oh. And they've always been a focal point for me. So that's what you're getting. They were like, so basically today you're going to dress like Jamiroquai. You ready? <laughs> Amazing. Chrissy, what is your rating? I'm going to give it three and a half pearls on mom's pearl necklace. Ooh, perfect. <laughs> I'm going to give this movie four prom posters that are angrily ripped down. Yes. <laughs> That's beautiful. I love this movie. Um, we have a a mailbag we've got a we've got a review from a listener a great oh. fan of ours and Ooh. friend from uh, amanda 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 amanda's picture show a go-go she left us an itunes review and i'd love to read it now yes please it's titled absolutely great one of my current favorite podcasts to listen to i'm starting at the beginning and working my way through all their episodes I really enjoy the balance Ashley and Justine strike between film criticism and fun. It's like hanging out with my friends and talking about movies. Can't wait to listen to more. Do yourself a favor and subscribe now. Oh, that's so nice. Thanks, Aww. Amanda. You rock. I love Amanda. She's Amanda so picks show a go-go has good taste. Yes. Yes. She's she absolutely has... right about you guys. I agree. Oh. Aww. She has some, uh, you should check out her show too. She's been doing uh, like mini episodes with her nephews Ooh. where she takes her nephews to see like movies from her childhood for the first time. And the one that I listened to was The Secret Garden. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh my God, these tiny children, like they get it. They get they it. They do. And I love it. I love listening to kids' perspectives. Well, next time on the podcast, we will be watching 1999's The Best Man. Isn't this isn't the, isn't this a movie where? Um, um, yes. Yep. Yes. Yep. Yep. Someone that we like will be shirtless. Yes. Who? <gasps> Find out later. later. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how we tease an episode. <laughs> that's still one of my favorite. Oh. Oh, ooh, she's uh, got the vapors now. Yep. <laughs> uh, hey, everybody. If you like this podcast, well, we'd like you to. But head on over to our Patreon at patreon.com slash cutawayspodcast. We've got lots of goodies. Awesome goodies and early episodes. Yes. For your ears. Head on over. Sometimes they're like out weeks before. At least a week and a half. At least a week and a half. Mm-hmm. 
Our website is thecutaways.com, and you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram as at Cutaways Podcasts. And we would love it if you would leave us comments and rate us and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or your favorite podcatcher. And of course, we'll, le- we'll read your review right here, give you a shout out, because we love you and appreciate you, and we want you in our blanket fort. Yes, we also like to give out a uh, shout out to uh, the Lady Pod Squad. Lady Pod Squad. Uh, a hashtag community <laughs> um, on Twitter. Uh, if you would like to become a member of Lady Pod Squad, please reach out to Justine. She is an admin now, so she can like do all of the powers. I've got superpowers. You've got the power. I got the power. Hey, Chrissy, thank you so much. Oh, my God. It was my pleasure, you guys. <laughs> and long live the Lady Pod Squad, by the way. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if I could be on all the time, I would be. And if I could have you guys on all the time, I would as well. We, we should have more of these. We should. Yes. We do deeply enjoy being on the couch with you going after Justin. We love you. Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. It is my own personal heaven. Please come back to the couch. You're always welcome. Chrissy, where can everybody find you on the internet? I always joke when I say this, but it's really kind of true. Like, where can't you find us at this point? I feel like we're saturated. But uh, if you Google So I Married a Movie Geek, you'll probably come upon our, our, our Twitter first, which is at Movie Geek Cast. We are also uh, available for listening on uh, what's called iTunes, which is now Apple Music, and uh, SoundCloud, and Stitcher, Podbean, which is the, where we uh, host everything. And then uh, beyond listening to us, you could also follow us on Instagram. Well, that's a lie. You can follow me on Instagram. I, I'm <laughs> at Chris Winters with a K. Justin's not on there. But my favorite plug is always our Snapchat, which yes. is at Movie Geek Cast, which is managed by our five-year-old daughter, Brooklyn. Um, I really genuinely have nothing to do with it. She has everything to do with it, and she <laughs> captions everything her name because it's what she can spell. So <laughs> enjoy. <laughs> and we hope to see you on one of those outlets soon. Yes. We love you, Kristen. We love you so much. Yes. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. Love you guys. Mean it. Bye. Bye. Ever wish you had sisters? Come be our four sisters. We bitch. I mean, discuss childhood, adulthood, sisterhood. All the hoods of life. And the painfully hilarious moments that make them. Our way of coping is a lot more fun than therapy. We We promise. promise. Wait. You guys, we didn't even say the name of the podcast. Listen to Damn Girl on iTunes.